This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Are we there yet, Adam? Are, are we there yet? So close. Have we, have, so <laughs> I mean, okay. We're almost there. We're almost ready to hit the first shot. Tomorrow morning, of course, at 7.40 a.m., Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, and Tom Watson will be our honorary starter, starters. And, of course, everybody's got their side pool going this week. And the side pool is... What will Gary Player be peddling in the background? You know, uh, will he have a Saudi Golf League logo on the collar like he had last year? Will it be the previous year and his uh, his son is hawking golf balls off to the side? What What do you have in the Gary Player pool? I'm I'm going with uh, Gary Player wine giant logo on the back, uh, maybe maybe between the shoulder blades, like the old uh, goldenpalace.com boxing tattoos. You remember, the, you know? <laughs> well, I always find it so funny, Mark, that all of the, the guys walk up to the first tee with a full tour bag. Like, they're hitting one shot. Like, why do you need the full <laughs> kit and caboodle out there? You're hitting, like, they're on the range warming up. They're grinding. They're activating the glutes bright and early. But why do you need the full tour bag? I love it. That's a good point. I never even thought about that. It's like the old 80s hair bands that used to fill stadiums and arenas and now like play your local bar, but they bring their amps and pyros from their 88 stadium tour. This is the same thing, Adam. It's like, hey, I showed up with my giant staff bag, all 14 clubs. I'm going to wave at one down the middle of the fairway. Okay, well, listen, it's going to be two hours of all Masters. We kicked off Masters week Monday right here on Golf Talk Canada Radio. Uh, Golf Talk Canada uh, Masters preview show debuted last night at 10 p.m. Eastern. And it's on all morning and all afternoon. I believe we've it's it's on the air at eleven. It's on the air at one. It's on the air at two, uh, across multiple TSN feeds. So if you if you missed our TV special, uh, try to catch it. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun putting that together. We did a few different things this year, which was cool. But of course, today also, Adam, is our last day. Your last day. To enter our Golf Talk Canada 20 Weeks at TaylorMade Fantasy Golf Pool if you want to qualify for the Masters. Now, I say that because we have a season-long pool going with season-long prizes, but each week we have weekly prizes. And the Masters is a major, and majors, we got the band tuned up. We're giving away more on majors than we are on kind of normal weeks, so this week... It is a P700 series set of irons or stealth irons, your choice, that's first place. Stealth 2 driver for second place. And third place, six dozen TP5 or TP5X golf balls. Today, the last day to get in, it's free, it's fun, there, there's no cost to enter. Go to golftalkcanada.com, golftalkcanada.com, register your team today. Uh, get it done. Let's do this. Okay, Adam, uh, obviously today is going to be a lot of uh, Masters talk. We're going to kick off uh, news and headlines here momentarily. Before we do, 
Just some thought. What stood out for you? Did something leap out of the page for you other than forecasts? Because unfortunately, that's going to be a big part of the narrative. Other than forecasts, did something jump out at you? Because something did jump out at me. I want to hear if this, of what maybe a soundbite or something you've heard over the first few days of everyone on the ground at Augusta. Because once everyone's on the ground at Augusta, it starts to get real and you start to figure out a few different things. What jumped out for you? For me, Mark, in one of the major storylines that we have already discussed and will continue to discuss throughout our hours of coverage this week is the new 13th hole. And from what I listened to, it seemed like a fairly muted reaction. Like nobody really was over the top, joyous, arms in the air, fist pumping about it. And no one was really hating on it. It just It's just sort of there. A lot of players were saying it's an easier tee shot, which... It's, I, I mean, it is obviously going to play different this week than it would, assuming that the temperature is better in weeks, you know, in uh, years going ahead, because it's going to be cold, it's going to be soft, so the ball's just not going to fly as far. But I thought the general react, I was hoping that we'd see, you know, more players either really like it or maybe some dislike it, but it's just sort of a, it's just sort of there. I mean, what did you think, think about what players said about that? I think you've kind of tapped into something here, and let's break it let's break it down in parts. I don't think we're going to see necessarily how they wanted this hole to play because it's going to be cold, it's going to be wet. We don't know what the wind conditions are. They're going to be up, so we're going to see a large majority of this field if they play it from three uh, five thirty five five forty. A large majority of this field just lay up, and now you've taken one of the great risk reward par fives in the world of golf and one of the holes that was kind of you know a real volat a lot of volatility in that hole and you've turned it into a wedge shot so that in in lies a huge problem for me and i think the majority of 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 masters fans and probably people listening this morning that's the first part if it was hot firm or fast then you might see guys go for it a little bit more they get a little chase around the corner maybe get that extra 10 15 20 on the ground that kind of makes the decision for them. I'm not so sure we're going to see that this week. The reason, let's, now part two of this, the reason the tee shot's easier, and this is why you asked me this three weeks ago, and I said the tee shot's easier. And the reason I said the tee shot's easier, and now you know, now I'm, you know, those statements are being supported, they, they no longer really have to shape the golf ball. Now, some of the longer guys, like if you're Rory, if you're DeChambeau, if you're some of the longer guys and you're going to hit drivers still, again, depending on the conditions, you still got to shape it because they just hit it so far. But for a lot of the guys like Billy Horschel and, you know, uh, Kevin Kisner and, you know, I mean, most of our Canadian contingent, maybe Mackenzie Hughes, we'll see. He's, he's actually, you know, added a few yards over the last couple of years. We'll see a lot of these guys, majority of the field, it's just a straight tee shot now. And then we get up there and they figure out what they're going to do with their second. And specifically for one player who's had a great season so far, but not a great uh, major career is Max Homa. And he said that he's already come out and said, this is going to be a three shot hole because he really is only comfortable cutting his driver. And something I found interesting too, was Jordan Spieth, who obviously has had great success at this course. And we'll get to our picks obviously later in the show, Mark, where maybe two of us have Jordan Spieth. Maybe one of us doesn't. He'll have to wait and see. <laughs> but, but Jordan Spieth was talking about, if the pin is on the front left of the green, mm -hmm. 
it's more beneficial to lay further back in the 100 yard range versus a 50 yard pitch shot on a severe downslope where you have like a 15 foot gap to land your ball. So I, I'm still very curious to see this. And I do think we will see the tee up at least one of the days. Well, I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, did they protect par better in this new, this new, Hole, yeah, likely par is protected better, but is it a better hole? That's what I'm still waiting to see. Is it a better hole? We'll wait and find out. Okay, uh, let's kick it off. We got lots to talk about. We're going to kick it off with Tiger and some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, Tiger Talk, let's get it out of the way right off the top because I know Jeff McDonald's probably listening this morning and what the boss wants, the boss gets. That's how it goes, okay? And listen, Tiger's obviously the biggest story. Um, do, do, do First off, let's just start here, Adam. Do we all expect him to be playing Saturday? I, I think so. I mean, I know we'll get into this, but this is the first time that We've seen him at a press conference. Even last year, he was asked, do you think you can win this tournament? And he said, yes. And this time, you're sort of like, "Eh, maybe. I mean, no one really thought I'd do it in 2019, and I did it. But he wasn't definitive in his statement. I I hope he does for everyone's sake, for entertainment's sake, for the casual sports fan who watches golf only because of Tiger Woods. I hope he makes the cut. But I'm guessing his weekend performance, if he does get there, will not be great given the weather. What do you think, Mark? Well, we got 87 players in the field. Let's call 10 to 13 of them ceremonial capacity. That gets this field down to 70, which means he's got to really beat 10 players to make the cut. He knows this golf course better than anybody else on the planet. If it was anywhere else in the world, like a U.S. Open or whatnot, and we've got the sample size that we have currently have, I'd be a little bit more hesitant to suggest this, but I think he's going to make the cut. It's really hard to miss the cut here. Like, do we like him better than Sandy Lyle? I think. I sure so. hope so. Yeah. Do we like him better than Larry Mize? I think yeah. so. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, do we like him better than most of the amateurs in this field? Likely. Probably. Uh, I mean, there's some guys here that are really here, and just getting here and being here is the win. So I'm taking those guys off the board array. I think Tiger makes the cut. Uh, before we take a deeper dive, let's hear from Tiger Woods. He spoke to the media yesterday, really about the difference between last year and now this year. I think that my, my, my game is, is better than it was last year at this particular time. Um, my, my endurance is, is better, uh, but it, it aches a little bit more than it did last year. Uh, just because at that particular time when I came back, I really hadn't pushed it you know, that often. And I had this little window in which I did push it and I was able to come back. Well, you know, then fast forwarding, you know, I didn't really you know, play a whole lot afterwards. Uh, it took a little bit to uh, recover from the event. Um, I, I played in, in February at, uh, at LA and then um, took a little time off before getting ready for this. You know, I, I just have to be cognizant of how much I can push it. Um, uh, like Rory was saying that I, I can hit a lot of shots, uh, but the, the difficulty for me is going to be the walking going forward. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, I wish it could be easier. Um, I got three more years where I get a little buggy, and 
be out there with Fred. But and, until then, um, uh, no buggy. All right. A uh, couple of questions off the top for you here, Adam. Okay. Right now, currently, as the forecast sits, the way the tournament is set up, 87 players in the field. Where do you put Tiger in this field? Middle of the pack? Is he somewhere between 40 and 50? Is he somewhere between 30 and 40? Is he outside your top 50? Where do you currently have Tiger Woods, if I had to ask you for a number or a range? Okay, so he finished 47th at last year's Masters, T45 at the Genesis Invitational, a miscut, and a WD. Those were his last four worldwide starts. I would be inclined to, on an optimistic side of things, put him in the 30 to 40 range. How about you? Okay, optimistically, because of where we are, yes, right? Uh, And maybe 40 to 50, somewhere in there. But yeah, optimistic, it's 30 to 40. Likelihood, maybe 40 to 50. Certainly in the 30 to 50 range is the no-brainer, a much wider window because of where we are. Okay, question for you. If it was 30 degrees and sunny and hot, for four days without the forecast. Now, where do you project Tiger in this field? 10 to 20, for sure. 10 to 20. Okay, now, completely hypothetical, a different altered universe. It's 30 degrees and sunny for four days, it's hot, and he's allowed to take a golf cart. Where do you project Tiger Woods in this now, field? Now we're talking fantasy here. I'm, I'm going <laughs> I'm just top, saying, top five. Right? It has to be top. You mentioned this on Monday show. You watched all four of his rounds of the Genesis Invitational. He had some shots where you were saying, holy Toledo, this is the best iron player in the world still. And his body's basically put together by, by metal rods. So I would put him that high for sure. What do you think? So we still believe that he's one of the top, if not the top iron player in the world. We still believe that. Okay. Fred Couples yesterday in his post-round uh, news conference, and I listened to Fred Couples' show a little bit yesterday on, on uh, SiriusXM, and he said his short game, although it was a practice round, he hasn't seen his short game look this good in a long time. His ball speed's up to 180 miles per hour, so it's that's the highest ball speed you know that he's ever actually achieved. If you think about, can you imagine what Tiger would be reaching in ball speeds if he didn't change his body 900 times and go through the accidents, and he was swinging the club the same way he swung it in 2000? Can you imagine what his ball speed would be today? It'd be absolutely ridiculous. So when you consider all these factors, I guess what we're really saying, Adam, here is if he can walk this golf course somehow without completely debilitating pain he could still win this golf tournament absolutely and if if freddie's saying you know he's chipping and putting it better because even last year where there were flashes where he was hitting it pretty solid his putting was awful four putts three putts three putts from three feet he was just hitting the ball way too hard and trying to jam it in the back of the hole and was lipping it out and going four feet past the hole and that's to me mark that's more competitive rust where you haven't played as much golf. And, and he talked about in his own press conference later on, Tiger did, about trying to simulate different shots in his souped-up backyard. But you can't do that unless you're actually playing. You got the, his feels going, as he says it, the adrenaline pumping through his system. So, yeah, fantasy world, absolutely. This guy could still do it, but we're not there. So, yeah. Well, he will kick off his day at 10.18 a.m. This is a star-studded feature group tea time of Woods, Victor Hovland, and Xander Shoffley. So they've stacked this tea time. They'll go out at 10.18 a.m. tomorrow morning. Tiger Woods, Victor Hovland, and Xander Shoffley. Okay, on the other side, 
world number one, defending champion, Scotty Scheffler. One of us, very high on Scotty Scheffler. Mm. Which one is it? Hmm. We'll hear from Scotty next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Now, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino and Scully with you. Weeksy's going to be by what? Next segment, Adam? Bottom of the hour? Ten minutes. Ten minutes time. We'll hear from Bob. He is in Augusta with uh, Graham Dillette, James Duffy, our team on the ground. Myself, Adam, and Lindsay Hamilton will be our Mark, studio Mark, team. I, I got I to jump in here. Before, did you see Graham Dillette's mustache? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. That, that um, thing has character. There is there's some handlebars. It's very... Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't really been able to uh, put my thoughts around this yet. I, I... am <laughs> like, like that's like I'm, I'm not going to do any comparisons to like vintage Gino Retta or Lanny McDonald, but I, we're going to have to ask Bob about what Graham's morning routine <laughs> because, is here. Like, is, like, is there mean, product yeah. in there? Like that thing can't be standing alone. No, there's no way that's El Natural. There's no way. Okay. That's uh, okay. Scotty Scheffler <laughs> is going to tee off at 1:36 p.m alongside Max Homa and Sam Bennett, the amateur. They will go off at 1.36 p.m. I'm not so sure if you saw this, Adam, but uh, one of the first things from the Augusta National Social Media feed this morning, at the crack of dawn, the first player on the range this morning, nobody else out there by himself, Scotty Scheffler, hitting golf balls at the crack of dawn. World number one. Currently one of the favorites along with Rory, maybe Rom, but really Rory and Scotty kind of lead the way in terms of who we're looking at here. Out there working hard. It reminds me of another old number, world number one. It's funny how the best player in the world always seems to be the hardest working too. Tiger Woods, VJ Singh, etc. Of course, Scotty Scheffler, he had a moment to speak with the media in regards to tournaments like this. His defense yesterday, let's hear from Scotty Scheffler. It's such a special tournament that I think we build it up so much in our heads. And I mean, when I show up this week, there's just there's just more going on. I mean, that that's really just all there is to it. And as far as my preparation goes, I've kept things pretty similar to what they were last year outside of getting here a few hours earlier on Sunday so I could play more golf. Um, but when the tournament starts on Thursday, I get everybody starts to even par just because you're defending doesn't mean that I get to start at one under. And so um, I'll be approaching it just like I do a lot of other tournaments. He's already defended once this year, almost defended again at the API. Um, got it done at the players. Adam, you know I'm huge on Scheffler this week. We're going to get into who we like a little later in the show. However, the one thing that does make me a little nervous, this is the first time that Scotty has been defending in this type of environment where you are pulled in 900 different directions you you're hosting this you're hosting that the tournament champions dinner is that i mean it's a lot on a guy it is a great deal thus maybe why he's out there at the crack of dawn 
this morning. Maybe he didn't get the time he wanted or needed. I don't know. I'm looking for any little, just little crack in the armor to suggest that, you know, maybe this is going to be a harder week than we anticipate for Scotty Scheffler. Because right now, I don't believe this is a hard week for Scotty Scheffler. I would be absolutely shocked if Scheffler isn't in the last three groups on Sunday, if not the last two groups on Sunday. And I'm looking for some reason to think that he might not be there. I can't find one, Adam. Yeah, it's tough. And you look at some of the past Masters champions and how they've done the next year. And generally, the results aren't great. And, you know, most notably, we, you know, we think of Jordan Spieth back in 2016. We know what happened during that second nine on Sunday when he was trying to repeat those couple balls in the water on the 12th hole. But for Scotty Scheffler, I took a look at some of his numbers. You know, he's first in strokes gained off the tee and greens in regulation. But something I actually didn't realize, he's 98th in strokes gained putting this season mm -hmm. so the, the putting has been his uh his weakness for sure but another reason for his success throughout the season is he's gotten off to unbelievable starts second on the pga tour in first round scoring average and leads the pga tour in second round scoring average so if scotty scheffler gets off to a good start look out come sunday for sure and on top of all that he then closed his 54 hole lead at the wm when he had heat coming after him he had to beat rob he did that easily, and then a charging Nick Taylor all day, who never left them out of his sights. He did it again at the Players' Championship in a walk-off. So if you're telling me that the hottest starter in golf then backs it up on a Friday and now has figured out how to close, hmm, where's the weakness? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I, and you know me, Adam. Sometimes I throw the stats out the window. This is a different golf tournament. Hitting pitch shots and hitting the shots you need to hit around the greens that are required at Augusta off tight lies with the grain against you is a unique skill set that not all the best players in the world have. That There's some of them that Lee Westwood never won at Augusta. And the reason he never won at Augusta, inside 50 yards, he didn't have the high ball. He didn't have it off the tight lies. He couldn't hit the little, little shots. Scotty Scheffler is likely, with all due respect to Jordan Spieth, the best in the world at that golf shot, and he's the defending champion. Okay, um, we got to talk, Rory. We've got time. Let's run the Rory, Rory audio. We might have to pick it up on the other side with Bob. But Rory uh, McIlroy, opportunity to speak, a lot of pressure. He's trying to be become only the sixth player in history to win a career Grand Slam, professional career Grand Slam. This is the, as elite a company as you can have in all of sport. Rory trying to rip the elephant off his back. It's his 15th time. Trying to get it done at Augusta? No. Yeah, 15th Masters. So looking for his first win. There's only a handful, including Sergio, that have got it done past their 15th. Let's hear from Rory McIlroy. I felt last year that I maybe shed some of that scar tissue and, and, and felt like I, I sort of made a breakthrough. So, um, you know, I'm feeling as sort of relaxed as I ever have coming in here just in terms of, you know, feel like my game's in, in, a, in a pretty good place. And, you know, I know the place just as about as well as, as anyone. So, um, but yeah, you know, good experiences, bad experiences, it all, you know, it all adds up at the end of the day. And, you know, you probably learn a bit more from those bad experiences. And I feel like I've done pretty well at, you know, sort of putting those lessons into, you know, into my play and, and, and being better because of them. So, Adam, we're talking there really about the question was in the media center, you know, all the close calls over the years, 
Uh, go back, is it 2011 where he hit the snap hook off 10? I mean, that tournament was his to win. He, he gave it away. He's suggesting that last year's tournament, especially the way he closed on the weekend, especially the 64 on Sunday, kind of erased a lot of that scar tissue. And now he feels like he knows this golf course better or as good as anyone else. And now comes in with positive energy, not scar tissue. Do you buy into that narrative on what was really a backdoor 64? Never had a chance to win that golf tournament. Yeah, I think Rory's a totally different player this time last year, the Wednesday before the first round of the Masters. Something has changed. And throughout this major slump, the opening rounds have been his major downfall. And specifically here at the Masters, he's only broken par once since his quest now to try to complete the career grand slam in the opening round during uh, since 2015 and that's sort of been his slump uh, his one of his downfalls throughout this whole slump since 2014 but what did he do last year after that 64 he was near the top of the leaderboard after the first round at the pga championship the u.s open and the open championship something has changed with rory he seems much much more relaxed four wins since that 2022 backdoor sort of kind of runner-up finish I like Rory McIlroy this week. All right. We will see what Bob feels. We'll do picks again later on in the show. We'll take a, take a look at who we actually like this week and who we think might, uh, who's in and who's out for us. But on the other side, we will head down to Augusta National, to uh, Bob Weeks. He's on the ground for TSN. He'll be with us all week. He's down there with Graham and James. That's the crew on the ground. Adam, myself, Lindsay in the Masters studio here in Toronto. We've got it covered from every angle. We'll go down. We'll see if we get an update on the forecast. I'm hoping it changes. So far, I looked last night, didn't see much better. Maybe Bob has some good news for us. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we get set for the year's first major course. A couple of things. TSN coverage begins at 10 a.m. There is a preview show this evening. Golf Talk Canada's preview show has been on the air all day. It's on again at 11, 1, and 2 o'clock today if you want to catch that. Bob, Adam, myself, James, Graham, and Lindsay. Uh, we've got it covered starting at 10 a.m., Eastern tomorrow, and then at 3 o'clock, we'll move aside and give way to the network coverage. Of course, from 10 to 3, we'll show featured groups, as well as live from Amen Corner, holes 15 and 16, until we're able to hand off to the full broadcast. And then Adam and I come back with James, Bob, and Graham later on in the evening for the wrap-up show from our master's desk in Toronto. So looking forward to all of it. But the man on the ground... Is this 28 or 29 Masters, Bob, for you? What, what, where are we at this year? This is 28, number 28. Number 28. Okay, Bob, two things out of the gates before we get going. Adam and I would like to confirm our belief that there is a ton of product in Graham's mustache. There is no way <laughs> that that is El Natural. Can you confirm? And also, 
Uh, have we, I'm hoping we have doubled the egg salad total from two to four. When we spoke to you yesterday at noon, you were at two egg salads. I'm hoping we've, we've doubled and we're at four plus. So the second question first, yes, I just put up the, uh, I keep track. I keep all the wrappers on the bulletin board here so we can have an accurate <laughs> count at the end of the week. And I am up to four on that. And as for product in GD's uh, mustache, I don't know if he's got a little wax on the end of it. Yes, he does. He's admitting to me right now. Of course he and does. He, and oh, he's constantly yeah. he's constantly twirling, constantly twirling. He loves the feel of it. I can tell right well, now. Once you, start, once you grow that and you start twirling it, you use it to think. The more you twirl, the more the ideas come. It opens up the whole mind. I'm, I'm in on it. I'm in all the way. Okay, Bob, uh, give us some good news. Has there been an update and has there been uh, an improvement in the forecast at all? Uh, no and no. <laughs> there is no update. Well, there has been an update, but it's pretty ugly. Uh, 13 degrees on Saturday, 100% chance of rain, 30 to 40 millimeters. And then Sunday is uh, about 90% chance of rain. So it's going to be soggy. There's no, I, I don't see any thunder in the forecast or lightning. So as long as the rain isn't too crazy, then they're going to go. But it's going to be it's going to be an ugly day if they have to play on Saturday in 13 degrees weather. That's the high, by the way. So if you're teeing off at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, oof, man, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a miserable day. That would certainly be frigid. Let's hope it's all wrong. Let's hope the azaleas bloom and it's not 13 as the high on Saturday and on Sunday. That The forecast does not sound good. But getting to, obviously, one of the big stories, and that's Tiger Woods. And, and Bob, you've covered Tiger throughout his career. And at press conferences throughout his entire uh, you know, illustrious career, he's always spoken about how he's optimistic. He's there to win a golf tournament. He's there to compete. He's there to contend. He wouldn't show up if that wasn't the case. But did you sense something a little different when Tiger spoke on Tuesday morning? Because I certainly did. Yeah, there was, I mean, he did say all the, the typical things, you know, I think he can get it around here still. But he also was asked a question about, do you ever think about when you're out on the course that this might be your last time here and he said yeah he said you know i don't know how many how many tournaments i've got or how many rounds i've got with this leg and there was a sense of uh, a vulnerability that you don't usually hear when tiger's talking the sense that you know i could be i could be on my last tournament or i could be on the second to last or whatever so i think he's sort of um melancholy is a big word but you kind of when you see him walking around the golf course i think he's taking things in a little bit more he's not afraid to interact with the fans he's uh, smiling a lot more and I think he loves playing with guys like Freddie Couples, who he doesn't see much anymore. So there's certainly a sense right now that um, that he's sort of over that that last hill, and now he's sort of progressing into the veteran status, uh, and and also you know the status of of guy whose body is just not going to let him play a whole lot of golf anymore. Bob, off the top of today's show, I asked Adam, you know, hey, we talk about this tournament to death. We talk about it for a year leading into the next one. And I asked him, was there a soundbite or a comment or a narrative that have come out of the first two and a half days that caught you off guard or caught your interest up? And Adam went immediately to the 13th hole and how he, he may feel that a lot of these players are just going to lay up most of the time. 90% of the time for a lot of these guys, the, the way they're describing that hole, it's just, just, just going to be a wedge shot and a three-shot hole. For me... What caught me off guard is some of the comments of how some of the PGA Tour players are still very good friends with the live guys because you don't hear that often. You don't hear 
the positive side of those relationships. And it got me thinking, it's not that these guys left, it's the ones, it's how they left. The guys that left and just left, they have still kept relationships. The guys that left and then sued and then whined and then cried and then complained, those are the splintered relationships, the fills, the, uh, the, the Sergios, the reeds, etc. Is there a soundbite, a story, something that has uh, maybe caught you off guard in two and a half days on the ground? Because as you know, as, as much as anybody as I do, when you get on the ground and you start walking around, you hang around the practice area, and you hang around the driving range and the putting green, you get your ear to the ground, you learn so much more, so much more going on there that's actually reported. Has something popped out of you and maybe caught you off guard or changed the way you were thinking about something? I would say, I don't know if there's one specific comment or one specific rule, but you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think, I think there's sort of a, a non-story story here, if you, if you will. Like, we expected perhaps, or maybe some people thought that there would be more of an us-versus-them feel out here, but that's not the case. There is, there is the feeling that the guys who didn't like each other before when they were all on the PGA Tour still don't like each other. And, and and there's always going to be that, right? This is, you know, you have a weekend, weekly tournament, you have 156 guys. Not everybody's going to get along with everybody. So, you know, something that you said before, Mark, is that, you know, Liv has most of the villains now. That's kind of why I think there is tension, if there is tension. There's been a few surprising remarks here and there. I think uh, Joaquin Neiman said something, you know, that they all hate us. That was one statement that kind of jumped out at me. But for the most part, these it's kind of a, meh, the guys are here, let's go play golf. And I think the story with Liv right now is how are these guys going to play? Because some of them have only played nine rounds of competitive golf, Dustin Johnson, for example. Or is Brooks Kepka's performance last week where he won and won handily, is that going to spill over to this week to bring us back to the Brooks that we saw here who finished runner-up a couple times? So that Liv versus PGA Tour story is still here, but it's it's a different story it's a different almost non-story in terms of the us versus them feel that that may change sunday afternoon if there's a guy from each tour walking up 18 it might feel more like a Ryder cup kind of feel um but but overall that's to me has been kind of the most interesting part of what's happened here so far yeah and even you saw during the practice round brooks kepka playing with rory mcelroy and of course they both spoke about how they they see each other a bunch and they sometimes are at the same you know practicing at the same time where they are in florida but bob i I know you're very high on rory mcelroy this week and you know obviously he's coming in playing a lot of great golf aside from the players championship made the minor equipment tweaks from what you heard from rory during his press conference on tuesday from what you've seen throughout the season is he peaking at the right time for the masters this year I really get the sense he is, Adam. And, you know, it's I've sat here and listened to Rory's press conferences year after year after year as he's tried to, to deal with this uh, Grand Slam final leg. And, and this is, to me, see, he feels the most, seems the most confident. Not necessarily like, I'm going to win. But I think he kind of knows that he's playing well. I think he knows that his game is firing on all cylinders. I think he has a sense that, that I can do it here. But I also think he has a realistic sense that, um, you know, someone else may still play better than me, but I do really get the feel that um, that he's in here and, and as good as a frame of mind and as good of shape of game as he's been for perhaps forever on this at this particular tournament. 
Uh, Bob, you saw the guys yesterday. I saw the photo of uh, our four Canadians kind of all hanging out together. I know they played the practice round. Obviously, Corey coming in with a ton of confidence. We broke it down Monday. We broke it down on TV that, you know, uh, where their games are at coming into the Masters. But what was the energy like? What's the attitude like with, with, with Team Canada? Do they feel confident? Are they... Are they talking? Uh, are they talking like they're there to win it? What's uh, what's the what's the discussion like from our boys? Yeah, they, I think they all feel really good. They're actually three of them are out. Uh, Spence and Hughes and, and Connors are out playing the back nine right now as we speak. They just tried to skip balls on uh, on sixteen. Corey put it literally to about a foot. <laughs> so that's that's good. that's a good omen. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but Corey is certainly uh, very confident where he is right now. Uh, we, there's a little reception that Golf Canada had last night. We saw him there. I spoke to him briefly about that, and he seems to be, you know, really in good spirits. Uh, Mac Hughes, I think, is also feeling pretty good. He, you know, we, as, as you said, Mark, there's no one who sinks more long putts on the PGA Tour than than Mac Hughes. And Mike Weir actually had very kind words for Adam Svensson when they played uh, on Tuesday. And uh, he was saying, man, the guy really hits the ball well. It's just, just kind of a very crisp, great click. So, he may surprise a few people. He's been we, we sort of leave him out, but you know he won earlier in the season. He was had the 36 hole lead at the Players' Championship. Uh, you know this may be a big a big step up for him to to get competitive. But I'd be be uh, happy to see him make the cut and you know get himself into position up on that leaderboard for the for the weekend. That would be a big bonus, I think. And he's got a lot of confidence in a lot of games, so we'll see what he can do. Yeah, certainly. It'd be awesome to see any of the four Canadians uh, get in the mix. And uh, we're going to hear from Mike Weir actually in hour two. And he seems pretty optimistic about his own game too, which is also great to hear because he's had a lot of success on PGA Tour Champions. Now, Bob, I, I know you're also liking Jordan Spieth this week. And he was pretty optimistic himself about his own game. And he's always very honest with the media. He always talks a lot with the media. And it seems like now he's... He's at a, at a phase right now in his career, in his life, where he's a father. Things have certainly changed. But overall, what's your perspective on Spieth this week? Yeah, I, I always like Jordan Spieth when you come to this tournament. I mean, he's had some some great performances, and he's had a, a colossal collapse as well that we saw. Um, but I, I think that he feels pretty good about his game. You look at you look at his stats, and there's nothing that really jumps off, not one singular part, but I, I do like uh, I just I just do like his game around this golf course. He plays it very very good. There's some really interesting st- stats from our friends at Data Golf that, that exemplify just how well he plays on this particular course. Um, and, and it's it's a I guess it's just he comes here, he feels good, he gets it around here somehow, and uh, shapes his shots. And you know he's got the short game, and if his putter works, then then it, he adds it up at the end. And it always seems to be a really good low score for for the most part. But um, it's hard not to like Jordan Spieth when you're looking for guys past the big three. And uh, I, I, that's why I kind of feel good about uh, his chances here this week. Bob, quickly before we let you go, lots of talk about the 13th hole this week. In fact, it's controlled the narrative in terms of changes to the golf course. I think the reason being is it's such a hole that everybody loves so much. We love the fireworks. We love the threes, the fours, and the potential six or sevens. And everybody's worried that they've taken that out of it. Everybody's worried, especially in these weather conditions that we're going to see a bunch of layups and a bunch of wedge shots. And that's a real possibility. But my question for you is, should we be talking uh, uh, about the 11th hole? Did they just take a par four and a half and turn it into a par 4.9? The 11th hole was a hard hole to begin with. And I think it could be the hardest hole on the golf course again this year. I don't think there's any doubt that 
a four on that hole is is great. And you're right. There's a lot of a lot of focus on on 13. You know, Tiger said there's going to be less threes and sevens and more fours and fives. But I really think that I really think that what uh, that what's happening with uh, uh, 11 has been overlooked a little bit. Mike Weir said, you know, <laughs> that's just a ridiculously long golf hole for a guy like him. So I know he's not the longest hitter out here for sure. But but it's just the length and the demands of that second shot make it so so tough. So. Uh, yeah, watch out for that hole. And watch, you're going to see some disasters there. I think. Bob, have a great week. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow morning to kick it off at 10 a.m. We'll see you tonight on TSN and tell Graham if he runs out of wax, a little pimento cheese on the end. I'm sure once it dries up, it'll keep that curl going for him. Okay. I'll give him that. I'll give him that advice directly from you, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. Bob Weeks, Augusta National, on the other side. We'll tee up hour two and let you uh, uh, tell you where you can find Golf Talk Canada TV this week. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully alongside Mark Sacchino. Great to hear from Weeksy in the previous segment. He'll be all over TSN throughout the week as well mark and i will be too mark and i are co-hosting the recap show which you can see every we can see thursday friday saturday and sunday at 11 p.m eastern and that'll also replay throughout the morning as our morning coverage kicks off as well masters on the range feature groups amen corner the works we're pretty lucky here in canada and on tsn because this is the best place in the world to watch all things masters which is incredible now, earlier this week, Mark, Bob, and I all announced what we would serve as our champion's dinner if we were to win the Masters. I mean, we can all dream, right? Right? So we all, you know, gave our, gave our uh, champion's dinner menu. Mark had a very detailed, elaborate menu and was flying in cakes from Italy and et cetera, et cetera. It was pretty funny, I thought. Bob was into the egg salad sandwiches and pretzels and... He had a chocolate lava cake and some IPAs, which was good. I thought about including a keg in mine, but had a nice bottle of Amaroni, a little steak, Caesar salad, garlic mashed potatoes, shrimp cocktail, the works. But we also asked you, the listener, our viewers, what would be your champion's dinner? I have to start off here with probably the, my favorite response I received. This is from our analyst, Kristen Murphy. So her appetizer, a Caesar salad made tableside with mini French onion soup, like that. The main course, ribeye with herb butter, sautéed mushrooms, and red wine and butter with shoestring fries. And she gave a, a bracket here. Essentially a jacked-up steak frites situation, green beans and garlic butter with a side shrimp skewer and the dessert. Ice cream sundae bar with all the toppings under the sun made available. Talk about detail there. And drink of choice, the finest cab solve money can buy. I, I love some of these responses. Uh, as well another one from morgan probably took this greek salad made of butterfly leg of lamb some beets carrots broccoli dessert little lemon poppy seed cake 
that's pretty cool too uh, we got a fried egg a meat dog beaver tail drowned by a transfusion as well it's from hey coop b on instagram have to give a shout out here to my brother-in-law as well mark russell who commented and this meal is something we'll call it that deep fried pickles as an appetizer 12 chicago style hot dogs key lime pie and some ice cold bud light now i know mark would really enjoy that really appreciate that feedback and thanks to everyone who commented throughout uh last week about what they would serve as their masters champions dinner now it would be interesting if john rom were to win the masters i wonder what he would serve next or next year john rom is currently the third ranked player in the world he's had a great season so far three victories he's had great finishes at augusta two four top tens in six starts here's his outlook on what he's thinking heading into this year's masters i feel like it's very difficult to apply everything you learn from each round here at augusta national i think the the, the main thing is you get an idea of how to how to play each hole get in the golf course getting to play the golf course in every single wind, every single possible conditions, right? Which every year, I feel like the weather's been a little bit different and we've seen different things. So um, just getting that knowledge helps. Uh, obviously, the more you play, the more comfortable you get with some, with a, a little bit of the lag putting out here, I would say. Um, it can be very deceiving uh, to to understand some of the breaks and some of the, the speeds on the putts. Um, you know, a little bit of learning, things like that. And then uh, at the end of the day, it's a golf course where you have to come out here and and play good golf, right? It's it's plain and simple. There's no there's no trick to it. Uh, the best player wins, and and that's what you got to do. John Rahm's opening his quest for his first career green jacket, second career major at 10:42 Thursday morning with Justin Thomas and Cameron Young. Coming up on hour two, we're going to hear from some of the live players looking to make some noise this week at the Masters, and as well. Maybe you could try something different. You can listen to us on TSN 1050 and then starting in five minutes, dial in TSN where we are on TSN three. So maybe do a little golf talk Canada, double dip TSN three in five minutes, our masters preview show as well. We're continuing here on TSN 1050. We'll hear from some of the live players. We'll hear from some of the Canadians and Mark and I will be back for an all time masters edition of winners weird and what that's all coming up in hour two right here on golf talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back. Hour two of GTC, Zakino Scully with you. We got tons to dive into. We're going to talk a little Canadiana. We'll do winners where and what. We'll talk about who we like, maybe who to keep your eye on, yada, yada. Before we jump into some of the live conversation, 
Adam, you have breaking news from the 16th hole at Augusta National. Yes, video now surfacing online. Corey Connors, Adam Svensson, Mackenzie Hughes playing a practice round together, doing the traditional uh, Wednesday routine where you skip a ball across the water on the 16th hole, and Connors skipped it across and hit it to a foot. So Corey Connors nearly with the ace during the practice round, skipping it, skipping it across the water. Of course, Connors has made a hole-in-one at Augusta National before in competition back in the third round in 2021. So perhaps a good omen this week. How awesome is that? Yeah, was that number six to a front left hole location? Was it, I believe, sure off the top of my or head? Back, so, it might have been back left. It might have been back, back left, left? that I hmm. remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, that uh, is a great tradition there at Augusta. Okay, let's get into the live talk. We've got 18 live players in the field here at Augusta. Now, for those of you listening to your car going, you know, I thought live players were banned, yada, yada. That is the PGA Tour that is suspended, banned, and fined. Uh, live golfers. The PGA Tour does not operate the majors, including Augusta National. Augusta National has their set criteria on how you qualify for the Masters, and 18 live players qualified through past champions category, top 30 at Eastlake last year, or top 50 at the conclusion of the calendar year of 2022. Those are your three ways through live in. Now, DP World Tour this week, won their case against Live Golf Series. So that door through official World Golf Ranking points has closed. So unless there is a complete overhaul of the World Golf Ranking System, then through attrition over the years, the Live Golf appearances uh, in majors are just going to naturally dwindle down. So, you know, it might be 18 this year, likelihood of maybe closer to a dozen next year, yada, yada. That's just the way the crookie is laid out to crumble in the current landscape of the official world golf ranking and professional golf community. One of the most telling things, Adam, that kind of got, I got lit up on because there's only one thing I like better than complaining. And that's when I'm right. And people agree with me, Adam. Let's hear from Cam Smith Cam Smith has some interesting stuff to stay, say this week. I think it's just important uh, for the live guys to be up there because I think I think we need I think we need to be up there. I think um, there's a lot of chatter about uh, these guys don't play real golf. These guys go, don't play real golf courses. Um, for sure, I'll be the first one to say the, the fields aren't as strong. I'm, I'm the first one to say that, but um, we still got. A lot of guys up there that can play some really serious golf and uh, we competed against each other hard week in week out and we're trying to do the same thing as what we did six months ago um, and and it's nice it's it's a good feeling to have that competition and um, it's good to see uh, Brooks win last week he's playing some really good golf again and um, yeah I think we just need a good strong finish I just think there's too much rubbish going on basically in in uh, you know, for me, like I said, out there, I spent an hour out there and seen lots of familiar faces, lots of uh, smiles and hugs, and it's it's been nice. I don't think there's any um, any kind of hatred going on between the players. We're all happy where we are, and I'm just as happy for the guys winning out in the PGA Tour as I am for the live, live golfers as well. All right. For the majority of this comment, 
I have no problem with Adam. I agree with the majority of what he said. Here's where there's a disconnect, and he's talking out both sides of his mouth a little bit, Cam. In that same press conference, he was asked about his game. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, that I didn't put the time in this winter. I put the clubs down way longer than I normally would, and I kind of lollygagged it into the live season, and I, and the, my performance has shown that. And the reason I want to bring this up, Adam, is because a year ago, I said to you and Bob that the environment at live, being prepaid, not having a cut, having a team around you, that environment is not an environment conducive to keeping the guy sharp on the edge living on the driving range, grinding it out of the dirt, because you don't necessarily have to. And I said one thing, it's going to come down to the individual. Some guys are going to take the money, be happy with the team concept, take the money and float about. And other guys are going to insist on staying sharp, put in the hours, grind it out, because they still have aspirations of competing in majors and still want to be elite. Maybe one could make the argument that Kepka's still that guy, that his ego doesn't allow him to not remain relevant, etc. You can go any ways with this, but do you understand what I'm saying here? Cam Smith is basically saying, personally, I didn't put in the time this winter. And he probably had the opinion, and quite frankly, it's, it's hard to blame him. He had an unbelievable 2022, to, you know, even before going to live wins the century tournament of champions in 2022 record-setting fashion wins the players championship wins the open championship takes a gazillion dollars goes over to live wins on the live tour so motivation probably wasn't that high and he's paid it up front all this and he probably thought hey i can take a break here because i had this great year i've made a bunch of dough I mean, it, it's, it's hard to blame him, Mark. I mean, we'll never know what it's like to be in those shoes, to be that good of a golfer, to make that much money in one year. So, I mean, I, I don't really blame him. I'm still, I'm really more curious about how he does play this week. You know, Cameron Smith is the only player in Masters history to shoot all four rounds in the 60s in one round. Yes, that was during the 2020 November Pumpkin Spice, Pumpkin Spice Masters. Yes, that was a very different and soft golf course but he still holds that mark. So I'm more curious as to see how Cameron Smith will play this week. I would, you will not get an argument for me. I was all over Cameron Smith last year. That performance at Century was the best I've ever seen with my own eyes. I followed him for four days at Century for that record. I couldn't believe the level of golf. He is one of the best players in the world, hands down, Cam Smith. The problem is this. Scotty Scheffler's on the range this morning by himself at dawn. And Cam Smith is kind of taking the winter off, taking a break. So at the end of the day, can you just hit the switch? Tiger can. Tiger's Tiger. That's a very rare error. Okay. Phil Mickelson. Um, very different Phil. Eh? This week, Adam, in the last couple of months, the narrative has changed. Let's look at, look at that. For the last year, leading up to January of 2023 for the all of 2022 and for the fall of 21, Phil Mickelson took the low road every opportunity he had. Anytime there was an opportunity to take a cheap shot, he took it. Anytime he had an opportunity to go after the PGA Tour, he did it. Okay? So, I mean, number one should never talk about number two. You talk about what you're doing. You don't talk about what, you know... He, it was basically the anti-PR playbook for Phil Mickelson. This week, 
he sounded a lot different. This year, he sounded a lot different. Let's hear from Phil uh, in his scrum earlier this week. It would be nice to to um, validate the the amount of talent that is uh, over there on our on on live, but. Um, um, and I think a lot of guys are playing really well heading in, so it, uh, I think it'll be fun to watch. I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel that way. It's also, i got to be realistic, I haven't scored the way I want to, but I do see a lot of positive signs, and um, I'm going to try to just be patient, whether it's this week or soon, because uh, things are about to click. I'm going to say this, Adam. I, I know you're you're going to think I'm nuts by saying this, but I, I think there is I think there is a whole lot of truth to this. People get their superpowers from different places. You know, two trailing in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady got his superpowers. Okay, Phil Mickelson got his superpowers from the same place Arnold Palmer did. He was the people's champion. The crowd often picked up Phil, put them on their shoulders, and crossed the line. Okay? And now all of a sudden, Phil Mickelson has completely lost that superpower. He's gone from the modern-day Arnold Palmer, the people's champion, to for a year and a half wearing black and not shaving. Okay? If you get my point. And I think his, I know there's a father time element involved here. He's going to be 52 years old. It's not like he's a spring chicken. But this is a golf course other than Tiger Woods. Nobody knows it better than Phil other than Tiger. Yet, I think he misses the cut, and I think he shoots over par a lot this week. I don't see any other reason why not to think that way. And I think his superpowers have been gone. When he is no longer the people's champion, he's just another old guy. Yeah, I'm curious to looking at Phil, you know, three of his nine rounds, only three of his nine rounds on the live tour have been in the sixties so far, but just from a golf perspective. So all this live stuff aside Mm -hmm. from him actually not playing everything, all the hoopla, we'll call it that. I'm curious to see how he's going to play given his weight, because he has lost a lot of weight. And when he was at the peak of his career, let's put it simple. He was a heavier guy. And he went, his weight has been up and down like a yo-yo. And even when he won the PGA Championship in 2021, he had put on another 10 or 15 pounds previous to 2019 when he went on the six-day fast and lost 15 pounds in six days. You know how bad that is for your body to lose that, whether you're a golfer or just a human being? So Mm -hmm. I'm more curious because, Phil, you see him now, and he is down 20, 30 pounds from this time last year. You can see it in his face. You can see it in his body. So just in terms of from a golf perspective and how much weight he's lost, I'm curious to see how he's actually going to perform and swing. And I think Phil plays a little better, regardless of anything off the golf course, when he is a little heavier. Yeah, I I think with the exception of history, okay, with the exception of his record at this golf tournament and what he's done here the last 20 years, there is no reason to think at all that uh, that Phil Mickelson is going to break par at any point this week or come close to breaking par. There's zero reason. There is zero argument. And to those courses that you're pointing to as well on the Live Tour, and this is just facts. This, this is not a shot. But if you can't break par at Mayakoba and you can't break par at Orange County, and now you're coming to a 7,500-yard cold, breezy Augusta National, I mean, you're, 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 this is a different sport 
this week, Adam. This is a different sport, which makes it so hard to break down the chances of the live players. There are so many reasons. Part of it is core setup and where they've been playing and coming. This They have not played Riviera Country Club. They have not played PGA National. They have not played TPC Sawgrass. They have not played Bay Hill Country Club. These are brutally, brutally hard tournament tests. We're not coming from that environment and then walking into Augusta National, which makes the next player that we're going to hear from so difficult to anticipate what they're going to do this week. Brooks Kepka in a walk-off win in Orlando last week for Liv, becoming the first player to double dip on Liv, a two-time winner. He's been open about the work. He's been open about the hours putting in. He feels healthy. In Brooks' mind, he's been grinding to get back to this point. But what has he just achieved even mean? We'll get into it. Let's hear first from Brooks Kepka. Winning's pretty good. So, um, look, I've played five events this year. Um, I think usually I'd play six coming into this. So, um, I've, I've played enough golf. I'm, I'm ready. You know, it's it's the Masters, so you get up for it. I don't know, Adam. I don't. Listen, I'll, get, I'll agree one thing with Brooks 100%. Winning is better than not winning because at least winning breeds confidence and winning. I always say, I used to like to say that winning breeds winning. Like the whole Michelle Wee argument when they used to put her up and play against the men and play against the LPGA. And all of a sudden, you know, making the cut was the important thing. And then you get in that habit where Tiger dominated at every level. Winning breeds winning. But he just said, I normally play six times. Now I've played five times. I'm prepared. Is it though? Is it prepared based on the places he's played and the type of competition? I mean, in terms of recent form, it would be hard to say, yes, he is fully ready in terms of how difficult the courses have been. But he is a guy who has just been always a little different throughout his career. He has that confidence now, given he just won two wins in his last nine worldwide starts, regardless of the tour. But for Kapka, I, I really am curious because he says he is fully healthy now. And we recall back in 2021, he played three weeks after having knee surgery, he was reading putts like he was Spider-Man. He couldn't yeah. go all the way down. He had he had a one leg out. And then he came up just, just short to Phil Mickelson in that 2021 PGA Championship. Five weeks after that, Brooks could barely walk Augusta National. We talk about Tiger all the time. Brooks could barely walk down the hills. He was saying going down the 10th hole, he had to go down like the side of the hill and almost walk backwards because he could barely move. But now he is saying that he is fully healthy. And of all of the live players, he is the guy who I think has the best chance to have the best finish this week. I agree. I agree a thousand percent, mainly even just because of the chip on his shoulder. That alone might get him in certain spots. We're going to learn a lot this week, Adam. We're going to answer a lot of questions about the quality of golf and what's actually going out there uh, on that series. Um, we will find out more. We're going to know in four and a half days time come Sunday night. Assuming we get this in on a Sunday oh, night. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Not 100% sure this is done Sunday evening. We will wait and find out. On the other side, four Canadians in the field of Augusta National. We'll talk Team Canada next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Four Canadians in the field. Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Spence, and Mike Weir. Weirzy there, obviously celebrating the 20th anniversary of his Green Jacket win back in 03. But now, Corners, Connors, Hughes, and Spenson, three winners on the PGA Tour this season. We have three winning Canadians coming in with momentum and heat. Nobody hotter than Corey Connors coming off the victory back at the Valero Texas Open. Let's hear from Corey Connors. I think belief is definitely a big part of it. And, um, you know, certainly last week I, you know, had belief, you know, that, that I could get it done and, um, you know, felt really comfortable out there on Sunday. Uh, so I think, you know, I'm certainly, you know, better prepared to, to be in contention. Uh, learned, you know, a lot and learned I can trust myself in, in those situations. Um, obviously a, a different animal uh, here at the Masters, but, um, yeah, you know, feel like if I continue to play well, hopefully I can get myself into contention for the weekend and, uh, you know, just keep that foot down. Last time a player won the week before Augusta and got it done. It's happened three times in history. 2006, Phil Mickelson got it done. I believe that was back at TPC Sugarloaf back in those days, which was just north of Atlanta and made his way over to Augusta and got it done. And Phil did that years ago in the Scottish Open Open Championship double dip as well. Uh, if you recall, Adam. Now, Adam Spenson making his Masters debut. We all know how difficult it is for first-timers at Augusta National. Although, in recent years, you know, Will Zalatoris, there's been some good finishes. But 1979, Fuzzy Zeller, that's when a first-timer got it done at Augusta. That seems like a lifetime ago. Let's hear from Adam Spenson. Uh, yeah, it's it's spectacular. Um, yeah, it's very, very hilly. Um and, yeah, it's just an unbelievable golf course. And, of course, Mike Weir, 20 years in the making, celebrating his green jacket. Before I get out of his thoughts on Team Canada, let's hear from Weirzy. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. You know, I, there's, a, there's a certain way I have to play this course. You know, I, I'm not reaching par fives in, in two, so I have to, you know, leave myself good angles of certain pins. And, you know, that's how Augusta started was Bobby Jones talked about the angles being so important. So I, that's how I have to play it. You know, I have to leave myself good angles and um, so I can be pitching right at the pin. If you're hitting, you know, on a side angle, it can get that kick away from the hole and then catch a slope and be a long ways away. So that's super important for me. So I have to be very efficient on the par fives when I do have a wedge in my hand and the other holes I have to kind of survive, you know, because uh, I have a lot of long clubs in. If I get it in the right spot, I can get the ball up and down. I might sneak a birdie with a long iron, make some pars and, uh, you know, can shoot a couple under a day, maybe have a great day and shoot three or four under and be in the mix. Well, to, to Mike's point, Adam, with the weather coming in, the type of golf course we're going to play, cold, wet, slow, the redesign of 13, most of the field's going to have to play the golf course the way Weir plays it, which means that a lot of the shorter hitters are all of a sudden back in this, and history shows us. Mike Weir, Zach Johnson, Trevor Immelman, when the course gets cold and it gets slow and everybody's got to play the angles, the field really opens up at Augusta. It certainly does. And, I mean, people forget, too, that Mike Weir made the cut here back in 2020. 
back when the course was playing very soft because it was played in November. And I believe the temperatures were a little warmer, but obviously daylight wasn't as long given it is November. And for, for this week for Team Canada, I mean, obviously, Corey Connors is a popular pick, not only amongst us, but you look at all of a lot of the U.S. media outlets. A lot of them are like calling him a legitimate chance to win this golf tournament. And as three top should. tens in a row, right? Exactly. Three top tens in a row. We just saw the shot he hit an hour ago on the 16th hole, skipping it across. This guy's coming in with good vibes. So that would be awesome to see. But for me, Mackenzie Hughes is someone who has been streaky throughout his career. He now has that experience of playing in a major championship in the final group on Sunday at Torrey Pines back in the 2021 U.S. Open. Given his putting alone, if he has a decent week from tee to green, I think he's strong enough mentally to stay in the hunt given his past experience. Why not? And I mean, Adam Svensson too, when he won the RSM Classic, he had about 12 layers on. It was cold that week at the RSM Classic. So for all four Canadians, as I've said probably a trillion times on this show, it's a great time to be a Canadian golf fan. Why not root for all four Canadians to make the cut this week and get in the mix on Sunday? It would be awesome to see. Having multiple Canadians in majors is never really shocking anymore, and it's not new to any of us. But having three guys coming into the Masters out of the four with wins under their belts... On the PGA Tour, coming in at the same time, this feels very different, and it feels like a legitimate opportunity to add another green jacket. On the other side, it's an all-time addition, a three-dub for the Masters with Adam and I. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Adam. It is Mark. We are breaking down the... Masters having a little fun here as we get set for what's going to be potentially a marathon week. The good news at Augusta when you're dealing with inclement weather is you've got 87 players to get through. So getting the tournament in is a lot easier than it is on a weekly PGA Tour event or, or maybe the size, certainly the size of a U.S. Open or, or Open Championship. That being said, with 100% chance of rain on Saturday and then 90% on Sunday, um, we could be dealing with some major issues. Let's hope not. Let's hope for the best. All right, Adam, you said to me earlier in the week, hey, let's do an all-time edition of Winners, Weird, and What Masters. And I said, okay, let's do it. We did it for TV. Let's do it for radio. The T, Adam, is yours. 348. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Okay, before I get to my three dubs, speaking of inclement weather, I'm not sure if you just heard what you heard from my background here. We've got a bit of a lightning show happening right now, and the thunder is loud. So if you hear that, I apologize. I will try to get through this without any power going off or anything because it is happening outside right now. Anyway, my winner this week, how could it not? 2019 Tiger Woods 
gets it done. But not only because Tiger Woods got it done winning that fifth career green jacket. It was everything about that Sunday. It started off, Mark, it was you and I. We were there Sunday morning on radio. We had a bonus edition of GTC. We thought Ty- we thought all about the leaderboard, how it could get done. And then it was just a special day in terms of the final round getting started earlier because of the weather coming in and the strength of that leaderboard. You think of Brooks Kepka, you think of Xander Shoffley, you think of Patrick Cantlay, you think of so many other players. Sorry if that thunder and lightning, that is loud. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, you, you think of so many guys who are in the mix. Justin Thomas made a hole in one during that final round back in 2019. Four players hit it in the water on 12. Tiger Woods got it done. This is one of the great official comeback stories we'll ever see in the history of sport. And Mark, I know you have some fond memories from that day as well. I called it the greatest comeback in the history of the game. I really did. And and some people argued and disagreed and got flack for it and, and whatnot. But I mean, when you consider physically what he went through, mentally, emotionally, personally, no one's been through everything. Like, you know, some people have come back from worse injuries. People have, like Mario Lemieux returning from cancer. Certainly huge comebacks, but I'm talking physical, emotional, public humiliation. Greatest comeback for me in the history of sports. And by the way, when did you move into Dr. Frankenstein's castle? Because that's where you're broadcasting from today. I mean, I've done a lot of ra- live radio in my young career, and I'm kind of terrified right now looking out the window. But uh, ho- hopefully I just don't click out and you just say, where'd Adam go? I don't know. But anyway, I'm a little, it is now pouring rain. Okay, anyway, my weird this week, speaking of things that went wrong, 2016, first round, Ernie L strolls up to the first screen. He's optimistic. He won a major championship a couple of years before in 2012. That's why he had his uh, invitation to the Masters that week. Gets on that first screen, and Mark, that's when things went from bad to worse to ugly to, oh my God, is this still happening? Is this guy still a professional golfer? What on earth happened? A six putt! Not one, not two, not three, but four, not five, but six! A six putt! When you saw this, Mark, was your mind just exploding? Yeah, it's it just... It's, you know, we've all been there. We just don't think the best players in the world do it on the biggest stages, right? But everything starts moving faster, Adam. The, the, everything starts to race. And you look back and go, how did that happen? You know what? But you're right. I mean, when you see it, we might see it again. We're going to see something like that this week. It might not be a six-pack, but we're going to see something that you and I, and you and I uh, are going to be doing a Winner's Weird and What Daily Masters Edition in the wrap-up show every night this week, starting Thursday night. I guarantee you it is going to be loaded with this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm so looking forward to doing this Me with too. you on that. I was just going to mention the same thing because there's always a lot <laughs> going on at the Masters where, you know, the, the panel can't talk about everything that happens. There's, there's so much else, whether it's outfits, whether it's guys making 12s. There's a lot that will go on this week. I'm so pumped. It all gets underway tomorrow. Okay, before we go to you, Mark, my what this week. Live aside, this was a great moment in golf history 2017 what a duel this was Sergio Garcia against Justin Rose they really separated themselves from the pack Sergio in a 74th career major championship all he had gone through the open championship misses the lip outs the works his emotional letdowns if you will his breakdowns his meltdowns but 
the way he got it done in that 2017 Masters, nearly making an albatross on the 15th hole, rolling in that eagle putt, and then the way he won in the playoff. It was one of the great moments we'll really ever see in Masters history, wasn't it, Mark? And really, Adam, a very small window in his career, with the exception of his debut at the PGA Championship in 1999 at Medina, with the exception of that moment in time as a kid debuting in his first 12 months on the global golf scene, or maybe year and a half on the global golf scene, with that being uh, the exception, this was a br very brief moment in time where Sergio Garcia was a fan favorite and was wearing the white hat and felt people pulling for him. And I mean, and you and I have talked about this numerous times when Sergio acted like the guy inside the ropes, more like the guy outside the ropes and stopped the whining and stopped the complaint. It, it resulted in a major championship. It resulted in better play. And when he lets that side, that other side of him get the best of him and he brings it inside the ropes, we all know where that goes. But to your point, this was, a, this was an exceptional Sunday. And uh, one, I never really thought we were going to see it. And we did see it. Yeah, we certainly did. It was awesome to see. And, of course, Sergio back in the field this week as a past champion. Okay, Mark, that's it for me. The tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, Adam, the truth is my winner will be 1997 in Tiger Woods. And the reason I'm going with Tiger, and when we did this on TV, uh, Weeksy went with uh, Mike Weir. And I said, well, we, we all can't go with Mike Weir. So let's go with Tiger Woods in 1997. And I'm going with it because I think historically there are certain things that have happened in the game of golf that have been uh, mountain-moving, life-changing uh, moments. Uh, Arnold Palmer showing up at Augusta with the invention of TV, all colliding at the same time. So Arnold Palmer kind of bringing golf into living rooms is, is a huge needle mover for the game of golf and happened to be really doing it at Augusta. Um, Jack, Nich Jack Nicholas uh, winning in 1986. Uh, there are certain things that have really kind of elevated the game. 1997 Tiger Woods changed the game forever. Uh, I mean, it turned golf into athletes. It put it turned golf. Other kids that were going to play other sports started choosing golf. It broke color barriers, racial barriers, uh, made the game bigger, stronger, faster. Changed it forever. And he did it for the next 25 years and really changed the way the game was played and changed the attitudes. You know, when I was watching golf in the 80s and 90s into the early 2000s, you weren't supposed to win. You were waiting until 30, 31, 32, 33. That was your golfing prime. You didn't win in your 20s. You learned to be on the road. You, no, no. These kids that we see coming out of college now, ready to win, ready to dominate Scheffler, Morikawa. I mean, all these, these guys that win majors early and vault to the top of the world, that's Tiger, man. That's Tiger effect. And the Tiger effect is everywhere you look in the game of golf. The amount of money they play for, the amount of hours of coverage, the hours of coverage that TSN is providing this week for the Masters, Tiger effect. The Tiger effect is everywhere. 97 changed everything. 
And you mentioned him starting off at such a young age and succeeding. It goes back to that very infamous interview now with Curtis Strange, where he asked, you know, Tiger, what's your expectation this week? He was very early. This is before the Masters in 97 in his career. What were your expectations this week? And Tiger said to win. And Curtis Strange sort of snarked at him and said, you'll learn. Well, Curtis Strange certainly learned himself that Tiger was a superstar, and he's opened the door for so many other people. I remember that interview, and I remember earlier that week, Nick Faldo, someone said, what do you think of Tiger Woods? And he said, I have yet to play the golf course. I don't have a comment. And it was just very sarcastic. And boy, and then, you know, Faldo went out with with Woods on that front nine when he shot uh, 40. And then he and then the back nine, he hit a switch and run him over and ran everybody else in the field over in 97. Okay, my weird, Jordan Spieth. Everybody talks about collapses in the game of golf, right? And we talk about Jean, Val, Jean Vandeveld at Carnoustie, Greg Norman in 1996 at Augusta. Augusta's got plenty of them. But for me, Jordan Spieth was the most shocking, even more shocking than Norman, because Norman's history was a history of one of two things. Very bad luck, where people stole tournaments from him. Bob Tway, uh, Robert, uh, uh, Robert Gomez at Bay Hill. But he also had a history of throwing up all over himself and completely choking. Maybe the greatest choker in the history of professional golf would be Greg Norman. And that's saying something, considering he is a two-time uh, major champion and has uh, something like 100 professional wins worldwide. The guy won a ton and was number one in the world for a long period of time. But when it came to majors, he liked the old, <coughs> he did it very good. Jordan Spieth was not that guy. Jordan Spieth had a five-shot lead heading into the back nine on Sunday, and he was golf's golden child. He closed every major he had a chance to close. He got every bounce from 20. He got every bounce, every member's hop that you could ever ask for in the game of golf and closed every deal. Justin Thomas would joke and call him the golden child. To me, Adam, that collapse, which really hit the crescendo when he rinsed it twice on 12, that, to me, was the most shocking collapse that I've seen at Augusta National. That was certainly wild to, to be, to watch that. And I remember, you know, he bogeys the 10th hole, he hits the shot right off the tee. Like, okay, he makes a bogey, whatever. 11th hole, flails it right again off the tee. Like, okay, well, another bogey. And then those back-to-back -back shots were that short miss to the right, which has caused, which has caused him harm throughout his career. But then that when he took the drop in the fairway and he chunked his wedge so poorly that it barely made it to the water for his third shot was something I'll never forget. And I'll also never forget, I was working for our master's coverage on TSN at the time. This is seven years ago now from a production side of things. And I was working on Bob's wrap-up essay. <laughs> and basically, at this point, it's all set in stone. Jordan Speed, back-to-back Masters champion. All the producers basically feed up. We're chilling. It's all good. <clears throat> that all changed very quickly. What a week that was. It's like the guy that starts to put the name on the claret jug too yes. early and has to go, uh-oh. That's one of those. And finally, my what? I'll go back to 1986. What a moment. Because for me personally, uh, watching as an 11-year-old, sitting down, watching the Masters with my father, watching Nicholas beat father time, turn back the clock. Tiger gave this generation a, a similar win in 2019 like that. But for the rest of us, it was 1986. And like most kids in the 80s, I grew up playing hockey. It was my number one sport. And after that Sunday at Augusta, 
every year after that, that golf became more important to me. It became kind of everything in my life uh, to, to where we are today. And that to me was uh, a real uh, life-changing moment and really kind of elevated the Masters as well that Sunday as the beloved event it is and the must-see TV that it has become. I think the world at Augusta should thank, thank Jack for that Sunday charge. Okay, on the other side, who do we like? Who do Adam and I think is walking out with a green jacket? We got Bob's uh, ideas as well. I know Adam and him are on the same page. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. All right, just some reminders. If you miss Golf Talk Canada TV, our Masters preview show, TSN 5, 2 o'clock Eastern on TSN 5. That's 2 p.m. today. And then tonight at midnight on TSN 2 as well, TSN 2 at midnight. Uh, these are Eastern times. Uh, two more goes of our preview special. Also, uh, myself, Lindsay Hamilton, uh, James, Graham, Bob from Augusta. The five of us will kick off Masters coverage at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, do not miss our Masters coverage. It is the best in the country. We've got live from Amon Corner, holes 15 and 16. Featured groups will start at 10 a.m. We will take you right up to 3 p.m. That is when network coverage starts, and we will hand it off to network. And then Adam and I will be back in the evening for the Masters wrap-up show. We'll bring in the crew from Augusta as well. And we'll be wrapping up the uh, Masters daily Thursday through Sunday. Uh, we've got you covered. TSN, CTV, no one has better coverage across the board. And today is the final day to register for 20 weeks of TaylorMade for the Masters portion of the 20 weeks. Week one, of course, register at any time. And you can play as many weeks as you like. And you're all as soon as you register, you're in for the grand prize, which is a grand prize draw of a full set of TaylorMade golf clubs and a trip for two to Casa Campbell. But we've got 40000 in weekly and season-long prizing, but you need to register to get in. It's a fantasy golf pool. Send us your master's picks. Go to golftalkcanada.com. That is golftalkcanada.com. It is free to enter. It is fun. Register now. Enter a team. Uh, we, this week, P700 Series Irons for first place or Stealth Irons, your choice. Second place is Stealth Driver, Stealth 2 Driver, excuse me. And third place, TP5. Six dozen TP5 golf balls for third place. We're doing this for the next 20 weeks. Get in now, golftalkcanada.com. Okay, Adam, speed round. We've only got a handful of minutes left here. Who are you liking this week? Who are you on? Okay, so everyone who is asked about pool advice, that sort of thing, you have to pick one of the big three. Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, or John Rahm. Now is the time for Rory McIlroy to get this done. He's peaking at the right time. I love what I saw at the match. He's, he's putting well. He's got that swagger back. He's 
in the right mindset, I'm going Rory McIlroy off the top. Who do you like off the top? Uh, Scotty Scheffler. First of all, Bob also likes Rory, so we'll give uh, Bob. Bob is also on Rory this week as his first pick. Scotty Scheffler joins Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and Nick Faldo as the only players to repeat as Green Jacket winners. Scotty Scheffler, world number one, is going to win another major this week. I don't see, I, I cannot see him not in the final two groups on Sunday. I like Scotty. Okay, Adam. Okay, next up for me, I'm going Xander Shoffley. Since 2015, he has the fourth lowest scoring average in all majors. He has two career top three finishes at the Masters. Xander Shoffley, my second pick. Uh, my second pick is going to go with Colin Morikawa. Strokes gained approach to me is the category at Augusta, uh, unless it gets into an up and down contest. If it gets into an up and down contest because of horrible weather, we'll get to that uh, selection next. But Colin Morikawa, I think, is in, uh, the best iron player in the world. Um, last year, he almost won this golf t- tournament last year, putting blindfolded. I think he's going to have a big event. I think he's quietly been playing well. I'll go with Morikawa. Where are we going next? By the way, Bob, on our own Corey Connors for his second round pick for Week C. Where are you going? Okay, lastly, Jason Day, who's had a great comeback season. Started the season 164th in the official World Golf Ranking, now up to 35th. Seven straight top 20 finishes, five top 10s in that span. Has also been in the top 10 four different years at the Masters. Jason Day, my final pick. Uh, Weeksy and I both have the, the same third pick, and I think we're thinking along the same lines. Not only the history that he has at this golf course, because Horses for Courses, this is the largest Horses for Courses kind of uh, venue of the year. It's right up there, certainly. Um, but if it, gets, if it gets to be really nasty and the weather gets to be horrible, then you just got to assume that everyone in this field is going to start missing greens. And if you start missing greens and it gets to be an up and down contest and you've already got Scotty Scheffler on your team, then how do you not take Jordan Spieth as your final guy on your fantasy if you're in a, you know, a pool this week or whatnot? And I think uh, Jordan Spieth is an absolute no brainer, but we will see. In closing, Adam, we only got a minute or so left here. You and I talked a lot this week about hot starts and hot starts for guys like Rory McIlroy and having to get out of the gates. I would turn the importance of that up to 11, as Spinal Tap would say, on a scale of 1 to 10. Because if the forecast is accurate and Thursday is the only nice day that we're going to get at Augusta National, then you better get out to a good start. If you come out sluggish on Thursday and get behind the eight ball, you are not going to be able to play catch up in horrible conditions Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that hot start, hot start for Rory and everybody else for that matter, I think means more so this year than maybe even previous years. Thoughts before we call it? I, I totally agree. You have to get out to that good start. You have to give yourself some sort of mark to go to and try to, you know, win that green jacket. It's going to be fun to see, Mark. Adam, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll see everybody at 10 a.m. on TSN for our Masters coverage. Everybody's excited. Try to get some sleep. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision of the golf course starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit. 
while the Spike More Traction System will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.